Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Richmond, and in this episode of the podcast, we're taking a deep dive into the subject of leadership and specifically how one business school is breaking new ground training the next generation of leaders. I'm also hopeful that today's discussion will shed some light on the leadership curriculum in an MBA program since I feel as though most people have a great idea of what an accounting or a marketing class looks like, but leadership coursework is less of a known quantity. To take us on this journey, we have two very special guests on the show. Let me give a brief bio on each of them before we bring them onto the airwaves here. So first up, we have Professor Evelyn Williams. Professor Williams is the founding academic director of the Master of Science and Management program at Georgetown McDonough's School of Business, where she also teaches courses in leadership, innovation, and design thinking. She's held faculty positions in the past and taught leadership at Wake Forest, Stanford Graduate School of Business, and the University of Chicago Booth. She's also actively consulting with major companies across the globe. And Professor Williams holds a BA from the University of California at Los Angeles and an MA in education from the University of Chicago. Welcome, Evelyn. It's great to be here with you, Graham. Thanks. No, it's a pleasure. Um, We're also going to hear from a former student of yours, Evelyn, Matt Gallo, um, who is a Georgetown McDonough grad. Um, Matt graduated from the MBA program at Georgetown in 2021. And while at Georgetown, he was co-president of the school's consulting club, which is a very large club, if memory serves. Um, Matt now works in consulting uh, at EY Parthenon in Chicago, where he was recently promoted to a director role in the strategy group before business school. Matt was a founding member of an advertising agency in the Chicago area, and Matt holds a BA in economics and philosophy from the College of the Holy Cross and his MBA from Georgetown McDonough, as we mentioned earlier. Welcome, Matt. It's good to be here, Graham. Yeah, no, it's great to have you. I love this idea that we have, you know, both professor and student keeping, you know, you can kind of keep each other honest um, as to what the coursework was like. Um, So let's dive into some of the questions I have, because I really want to learn more about, I mean, I was reading about this on on Georgetown's website, and it's fascinating as to how the school kind of orchestrates the sort of leadership education. So Evelyn, I do want to start with you. Um, Can you just tell me a little bit about this leadership communications course that is part of the curriculum at McDonough? I, th- I think the way to, to think about it is in, in this sea of sameness of, of business schools, this course really helps students answer the fundamental question, why would anybody want to be led specifically by you? Um, we work on leadership concepts and skills that are, are really differentiators of exceptional communicators, their ability to influence outcomes or motivate others and build and maintain relationships. So we, we focus on topics like assertiveness and influence, conflict management, and it runs over a six-week period. It's a required course in the first year of our MBA. Okay. And it, is it, it, is it, it so it's required, um, it's something they do pretty, pretty early on in the curriculum, it sounds like. And I guess, how do you, I mean, I just, you sort of, I think you've underlined this a little bit, but like, what are some of the goals? I mean, you mentioned assertiveness. I mean, you mentioned some of these characteristics, but is there some kind of like, when you when you bring a student into this class, do you have a, a sort of a goal in mind for what they're going to be able to do afterwards? We, we do. I, I, I think that you know, we base a lot of it in research-based leadership skills and what we know are important leadership abilities for, for good leaders to have. And then it's a matter of helping them calibrate and analyze situations figure out what are the important goals, what's the task they need to accomplish, what's the process that would be best to use in that context, and then how to deal with the crazy, wonderful, 
humans that are a part of every <laughs> endeavor. And, and so, you know, rather than run cases and class discussions where students can huddle in the safety blanket of their intellectual analysis skills, we, we run experiential sessions in which students have to grapple with the emotional, unpredictable humans uh, that you find in tough business simulations. Uh, and we take those simulations from real leadership challenges. So they aren't given a lot of facts up front in this situation, just like in real life. They they aren't given this neat, tidy little case that they can analyze right. <laughs> intellectually. So so okay. it's very experiential and hands-on. Got it. All right. So um, Matt, I want to turn to you. I, I, got, I have to ask, because when I was in business school, there were people in my class, and you know, I'm not going to say what domain they were from in terms of what, what career they had, but there were some people who kind of poo-pooed the leadership stuff. You know, They were kind of like, oh, I'm here to take this or that. Um, but what did you think, like going into this type of um, you know, class, like what, what was your initial impression before you'd taken it? And then what about after you were done? Yeah, it's interesting, Graham, you mentioned at the beginning, uh, I think classes like marketing and finance and accounting, everyone knows you either have a background in that or you don't. And so people understand they come in with different levels of experience. Leadership and communication, I think, is something that everyone comes in thinking, oh, I, I'm a leader and I communicate. <laughs> like, by, by definition, I'm here. Right. Um, and so it's interesting to see you come into that course with sort of an expectation of, I'm going to succeed at this. And I'll always remember sort of the first class and the first case you do, Evelyn, gives a little bit of a heads up that it might not go as you originally planned. <laughs> I think part of that is the built-in sort of hubris or just idea that, that you know, all these people are going to be able to seamlessly come together and navigate these situations. And so what ultimately ends up happening is I think, I think that those sort of leadership and communication skills are ultimately kind of broken down to those first principles through the, the first and second case, and then ultimately built back up together within your team. And so I think coming out of that experience, there's this sense of sort of reimagining what it means and sort of redefining what leadership and communication is and, and sort of what your role and what your strong voice is in, in sort of that setting. Got it. Very helpful. Yeah, I think um, it, it is, yeah, it's sort of a, I think you put it so well when you're talking about the fact that people don't necessarily know what to expect, but most people think, yeah, I'm here at a top MBA program, so I must be a great <laughs> leader. Uh, the, but you actually teed this up perfectly because I wanted to ask Evelyn now about this, I guess it's called the executive challenge, right? This is like the culmination of the leadership communications class. And I think Matt was kind of hinting at this, um, but I want to know, yeah, what is this, Evelyn? And who, like, who takes part? Is this for all the students in the class? And it sounds like there are other people involved too. Yes, it is the final exam. Okay. So everyone takes it. And uh, and I think the best way to think about it is imagine you're a senior exec and you look at your calendar for the day and it's filled with this gauntlet of meetings, one challenge after the other. And more than just getting your tasks done, as an experienced leader, you know that each one of those meetings needs a different process to be effective that, that's dictated by the task and, most importantly, those wonderful, gloriously <laughs> unpredictable humans. And so that's really what the executive challenge is in a nutshell, a crazy challenging day for our MBA students that mirrors real life. And we want them to design their actions, given all these contextual elements, 
be able to act in the moment productively and then reflect on what they're learning. And finally, continue to experiment. And in short, that's one of the models we use is dare to be different. Really think about your actions and reflect on them. And and so throughout the course of, of the day, that's really modeled in the executive challenge. So they learn as they go through the experience. So, and my understanding is you have, I mean, I don't, I guess we could call them actors who take part in this. I mean, I think they're mostly alums, right? But you actually bring in, I mean, to create this gauntlet of a day and meetings, the the students sit down with like people who are already out in the workforce who've graduated from McDonough, right? Is that how it's done? Or, or yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, one of the beautiful things about running simulations that mirror reality is senior alums have a lot of lived experience. Uh, that allows them to bring a a truly realistic tone to the challenge. And we do have a written judge version of cases, et cetera, but we don't tell them exactly what to say. They really Mm -hmm. can just put themselves in in the moment. And uh, and so it it really is creating a a realistic, say, boardroom experience. And, And... and if we hear something that makes, you know, my my teaching heart sing, it's that, oh, my gosh, this felt real. And uh-huh. uh, and that's what we're trying to, to give them. Okay. So, um, Matt, I have two questions for you. So, I know you were part of a class that, you know, obviously had to deal with COVID. So, your version of the executive challenge may have been a little different. But I also know that you've been participating in this as a grad, right? So, you've seen it from both sides. But I wondered if you could, let's start with the student experience. I want to know... Like what? What was it like from your side? And also, I mean, do people dress up for that? Like, is this like um, you know, you're meeting? I mean, obviously, in your case, if it was COVID, it might have been all you know, zoomed or whatever. But still, like, people must take a certain degree of formality with this. So yeah, Matt, let us give us some insights into what this was like for you as a student. Evelyn does a, a great job throughout the course of of the uh, the class, sort of building up this executive challenge. That there's this point on the horizon that you're working towards, and that all of the skills and and the different sort of lessons that are learned week to week will ultimately be put to this test. Um, I I don't think business has sort of like this like competition uh, element to it usually, but, and so, but it really is like this exhibition of all of the potential skills that you might use or or will ultimately use in, in a business setting. And so there's this sense, I'll never forget kind of the day of, there's this energy to it um, that's sort of indescribable where you're, you sort of, there's a combination of confidence and, you know, I've been working towards this, but ultimately like no one really knows what the cases are or what the settings are going to be. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it couldn't be a better sort of um, replication of, of what it's like to truly go into a meeting or have a day like Evelyn is describing where anything can happen and how your ability to adapt and your ability to lead through communication is really put to the test. So and now I have to ask. So you you know you went through this process of taking you know this executive challenge, mm-hmm. and you know now in your role at EY Parthenon, I mean you must have similar days where you've got these gauntlet of you know this gauntlet of meetings and you know probably different challenges with very different types of human beings, as Evelyn's been pointing out. You kind of unpredictable. I mean, is that is this something you look back on when you kind of have those types of days? Absolutely. I think there's. One of the elements of the course that I think is really important is this sort of circular feedback loop that you are provided throughout the, the, the simulations that you do and then ultimately in the challenge where you know, you're given feedback and there's people whose job is to not actually be an active participant in the course, but to just sort of facilitate and witness what is going on. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of given that feedback as you go throughout. And that's 
not something you get totally in a, in a business environment, but it's a voice in your head or it's sort of like, you know, it's guidance that you've received that every day as I'm sitting and facilitating meetings or, you know, whether I'm leading or participating, I start to hear and I remember those voices of, of you, know, you know, remember to do this or, you know, this is in this situation, people tend to act like this, so I should defer to this way. So it's really um, a, a real foundation for um, what ultimately becomes sort of a, a real, you know, gloves are off business environment situation. Got it. Okay. So Evelyn, this must make you happy to hear that the the, the sort of voices are still in Matt's head when he's in these situations um, from your course. Uh, how do Hopefully you? I, not I do too have delusional a yeah. voices, but yes. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I have a question, though. I mean, how do you... So Matt's taken part in this since he graduated as well as kind of an actor uh, or, you know, an alum, uh, right? But I wanted to know, how do you train, like, how do you recruit and train alumni to take part in the executive challenge and to, you know, kind of put the students through the ringer a little bit? Um, Yeah, how does that process work? It really is very easy to recruit senior alumni to do this. If you explain what the day is, there's almost a little imp inside that says, oh, I get to come and re... Almost be on the on the other side of some of of the <laughs> horrific experiences I've had through my. No, it's it's not that bad, but it it is. <laughs> right. It it isn't that hard to recruit them, and I think the day is designed for for a busy senior leader who doesn't have a lot of extra time, but really wants to mentor and coach students to swoop in and have a great day with them, and then swoop out. And I I do think. That's where the design thinking mindset comes in of how do we create an experience that's really wonderful for alums. And, and so they do have to prep for a few hours. Uh, they have to read a, a, a business simulation case. Mm-hmm. But unlike other things where it's scripted, there's no, no script. There is a perspective that they have to get through. And, and there, are, there are arguments that they need to make, but how they make mm-hmm. them is really based on their personality. So, so just we're, we're really trying to simulate real life and they bring that re- realistic perspective. And so uh, alumni, I think, tell us that what they have a blast doing is working with students and in some ways like master craftspeople really sharing that that craft of of figuring out context and what they've learned through the years and so it provides a vehicle for them to to share that with the apprentice and and really explain things in a in a positive way and so it's energizing for them to to be able to do that and at the same time it's not uncommon for alumni to share that they've sharpened their own toolkit throughout the day as they listen to their peers explaining and giving feedback. So, so as they're sharing the nuances of how to do the day in, day out leading of people, they, uh, they learn something too. And, uh, and so it's, it's a, a really successful day when I hear from not just students, but alumni say, you know, I was surprised at how much I learned yeah. today too. Interesting. So, Matt, I want to put you back back on the spot a little bit. Um, I know you've done this as an alum. I also imagine it was different than, you know, because now we're back in person and, and yours was maybe a bit different. But can you tell me about, like, what was your day like when you came as an alum? And, you know, any, any details you want to share, I mean, even about, you know, the case or whatever it is that, you know, stood out to you as you kind of went through this day to help current students at McDonough? It's great. I mean, I, I always I'll remember the energy in Hariri when you walk in. There's this like tenseness to the students <laughs> and this looseness to the uh, facilitators that creates this just like great tension in the building. Um, but but I can't say enough. I mean, the 
it's become this sort of, as everyone's talking about the, the fact that people are willing to sort of come back and give their time, it's this like self-propelling mechanism that, that everyone's created uh, where there's alumni who have had this experience and understand how foundational it was to their, their MBA experience and then wanting to sort of give that back to the students and wanting to, you know, put them through the ringer and, and give them an experience that sort of will shape them, that's something that they will remember. And it's really a, a great embodiment, I think, of the broader MSB community of this sort of willingness to sort of empty yourself out, come back and give, knowing that you know, ultimately you'll be filled back up by you know, your, your peers and, and the other alumni from MSB who, who sort of share and, and help shape your experience there. So if you, I mean, if you'll kind of humor me here, I'm kind of, is there any like moment that you can remember from one of the recent times that you participated in this? Like, did you have, I'm just picturing like some of the roles must be really fun. Like if you're given a certain role and, and like you're supposed to raise this argument and I mean, I would assume you can have some fun with that. Is there anything that you can remember? <laughs> yes, I, I'll try not to share too much about the details of the case because- uh, Yeah, we don't want Evelyn to have to redo it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's a particular case that's I, I would say most of I say is the most fun to give because there's this wrinkle to it where ultimately there's like this revolt that's almost about to take place and the students who are preparing for it are not prepared. And I think you go in <laughs> thinking, oh, like, yeah, it's going to be tough. They're going to push around, but not like gang together and revolt against. <laughs> and so I, I was, as giving that case, it's amazing to see how different students react to that. Sort of like the looks on their faces, the way that they realize like, oh, this is like game on. <laughs> uh, and, and it brings a, it brings a crazy energy and a crazy experience. It's, it's fun to witness, uh, you know, sort of the different reactions to that. Yeah. I mean, I will say this really does sound exciting to me. I mean, I, I you know, I studied leadership in business school too, but it wasn't done in this way. And this just seems like such a great way to get, you know, to, to mix, stir the pot, you know, mix together different personalities in, in a kind of live setting. And I, I love the way you describe it, Matt, where the alums that are there, you know, it's kind of fun for them, right? But then the students are, there's this sort of, you know, kind of nervous energy probably. And yeah, I can imagine that makes for a good um, combination. Um, I did want to talk a little bit more about, my understanding, Evelyn, is that there are second year students who provide coaching to first years during the class, right? So there's something called the Leadership Fellows Program. And I wanted to know, like, how does that work in the context of the course? And you know, is it a popular thing to do? Like are second year students wanting to do this? Or are they more kind of focused on recruiting or something? Or yeah, how does it all work? So the leadership fellows are are chosen every year through this highly competitive process once they've completed the first year leadership communications class. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to think we take the best of the best in each class and and turn them around and, and give them this opportunity to mentor and coach the next generation of leaders. And so once selected, these leadership fellows go through two more courses, uh, coaching high-performance teams and individuals course, and then uh, an advanced coaching course. So they're getting more training before they then come back into the classroom to facilitate the uh, first-year experience. So um, they get to hone a lot of the skills that we talk about in leadership communications and take it to another level. So they're, they're going to be leaders of leaders in, in many ways. And so that opportunity to do that in a relatively risk-free environment is, is a pretty special experience. And so it's definitely a competitive process to get into it. And I, I do think that it also speaks to the community at, at McDonough. I, I, I think the, that 
that Matt alluded to this in our alumni community, but I, I do think that service and, and working for the common good is a, a big part of our DNA. And so a lot of people look at it as a service because it is. There's, they're not paid for it. Um, it's really a leadership learning jump into the pool and, and get to exercise and, and, and help people get in touch with their own leadership abilities. So it's, uh, it, I, I think that's what's pretty special of, about this program is that there, there aren't a lot of carrots um, in the terms of, of compensation or anything like that, but it's, it's a highly uh, competitive process. So it's, it's nice to see that. Yeah. And actually um, one of your colleagues, uh, Shelly Heinrich, who's, you know, the Dean of Admissions, I guess, at, at Georgetown McDonough, she's been on the show before and she has talked about that um, the kind of you know the Jesuit uh, roots of of Georgetown and why and how that you know has the, that does sort of bring about this dedication to to service and things like that. So Evelyn, I have a good understanding about these second year students who you know they take some additional coursework and then they get to participate in in mentoring the first years. But I did want to ask Matt, like, do you just down to brass tacks, like what? What was their involvement as you took the course in the first year? Did you have someone assigned to you that was a second year student? And yeah, just take us through a little bit of that. You do, yeah. So the leadership fellows, everyone sort of teaches the, the broader class. And then your breakout groups where you do these simulations are led by a, a leadership fellow, a second year, who's assigned a group of five or six students, first year students. And they're ultimately responsible for facilitating these discussions, for providing that sort of direct feedback. Um, and sort of orchestrating that mini pod within the broader class. And it's, mm-hmm. I had the opportunity as a second year to be part of this sort of top gun class of leaders that, uh, that Evelyn mentioned. And it, and it really is a, a, a really great opportunity to sort of be able to be in that sort of feedback leader position um, with students that sort of are not too different or, or not too, you know, too much greener than you were uh, just, just a year ago. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I would assume that also has helped you as you kind of move out into the workforce because you have this chance, like I think Evelyn, you were saying earlier, this kind of low risk sort of leadership opportunity um, to give feedback to the first years. I guess one of the things I just want to make sure I understand is Evelyn, so you mentioned people apply for this. Is this like something that happens during the first year when they've completed the um, the main course, they then can apply so that you know going into the second year who's part of the Top Gun leadership school here? <laughs> uh, it actually happens at the very beginning of, of their second year. So we, okay. we, uh, we certainly do soft recruiting during the course, <laughs> but the, the hardcore application, et cetera, happens at the very, very beginning of their second year so that we have enough time to get in the additional coursework that they need before we start teaching. So, so it's a pretty fast, quick, uh, quick turnaround. I, I think that, that to build on some of the things that, that Matt was saying, I, I do think that being a leadership fellow allows you to have the experience of, of really figuring out how to take any reasonable group of individuals and help them become a high performance team. And so they, they really help provide I think fellows help provide the psychologically safe learning environment that is inclusive and welcoming to all kinds of students. And and as a result, they can really help shape the first year experience in the first year class and in meaningful ways. And so we're very careful about who gets to be in the Top Gun <laughs> class <laughs> and to use Matt's analogy, but I but I think that it's an important role, not just in the first year course but in the first year's experience as an MBA. And so uh, they, they play a pretty, pretty darn important role. 
Yeah, that is an excellent point. I think that the the ability to have that connection with second year students when you're a first year, um, not just in this context where you're getting leadership feedback, but also just to ask questions about recruiting or anything else that's happening in someone's life in the second year and, and how they went through the first year is really invaluable. Uh, Evelyn, I, not to put you on the spot, but I'm just curious, like how many people end up being in this kind of, you know, in the leadership fellows program in a given year? Do you know? So it, it varies a little bit from year to year, anywhere from from 45-ish to to 50. And that's based on the first year class. So, right. so we, yeah, we, we tend to add a few extra some years when the, the bounty is, free, you know, we just can't say no to, <laughs> to some people. <laughs> and at the okay. same time, uh, it's roughly around 45, 50. We, we want to make sure that we have a, a good ratio of, of leadership fellows to students. So we have a one mm-hmm. to six which okay. is is pretty small, and uh, you know I've taught it in in a larger group setting, one to eight, and you just don't get as much practice. And so I think at Georgetown we really wanted to make sure that we maximize that experience to its fullest. So we have very small groups. Okay, yeah, and I guess one of the things I, I probably should ask you is, I mean, you've been on the faculty at a couple of other MBA programs that are larger programs, and I would think that the kind of close-knit community at McDonough makes this just sort of a really perfect environment to pull something like this off, right? I, I think it does. And I, I think we're really looking at throwing students into business simulations where they have to learn what principled leadership means to them and and how, are, how do they want to show up and how do they want to behave in lots of different situations. And unless you practice that, uh, so we'll do things like layoff, you know, a layoff conversation. How are you going to have uh, a negotiation with people that are at your level and figure out who might be laid off? I would rather that happen in business school yeah. for the first time where it's not real than to have to face that for the first time out in the real world and, and have to really deal with the difficult decisions that often are forced upon senior leaders. And so so we we want to have those kinds of difficult conversations in a setting where we can think about, well, okay, how do you want to behave? How how are you going to manage this conversation in a way that feels fair, but also that so you can live with yourself mm. and and that you're you're thinking about the bigger picture and at the same time thinking about the the humans that are going to be impacted by these decisions. So so I do think that those are the kinds of of discussions and simulations that we're trying to do so that it's not while we can't replicate every difficult challenge that a leader sure. is going to face, we we want to put them through simulations that are give them, give them an opportunity to really carve out what's important to them and and how they want to show up. In, in these kinds mm-hmm. of situations. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Matt, I wanna turn to you with a final question for you. And this is, you know, you're now in the workforce, um, recently promoted, and you're, you know, you've presumably seen your fair share of real life leadership challenges and, and you know, different opportunities. And I guess I'm just kind of wondering how have courses like leadership communications, but also, um, you know, the executive challenge specifically and your role as a, as a fellow, like how has that kind of played um, or shaped, you know, your, your kind of journey in the workforce after McDonough? It's, it's a great question. And, um, you know, I, I look at, I talked about feedback before, and in this environment, the work environment we're in now, there's just so many opportunities and so many times in your day-to-day work life that 
whether informal or formal, you're giving or receiving feedback. You know, I look at my calendar today, I have four check-ins with people to provide feedback. And part of this executive challenge and this leadership communications process is that I mentioned this kind of feedback loop of you're giving feedback, but then in turn, you're, you're asking that person, how was that? How was my feedback? How did that feel? Did it feel f- fair? Did it feel actionable? And that, that opportunity to sort of get the sense of what it's like to get feedback from yourself is super unique and rare. And, and as I mentioned, I'm using that every day. So it really is something that, you know, it's a foundation that, that's been built on that I think has been so important to sort of the, my career so far. And, I, and I, I certainly continue to hone the skills that I sort of uh, started with in Evelyn's class. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, Evelyn, I, I would be remiss. So I, as I said to you before we came on air, folks tuning into this show are thinking about business school. Um, and as you probably are aware, um, business schools ask almost always about candidates' leadership experience. And the constant refrain that we hear from people who listen to the show or who are you know on clearadmit.com asking us questions is, oh, I don't I don't have any formal leadership experience. You know, I'm I'm pretty junior in my company and schools want me to talk about leadership. So do you have any advice? Like if you were putting yourself in the shoes of a young professional um, who's applying to business school and has asked that question about leadership, I mean, are there any ways that someone could demonstrate leadership without headcount, you know, without being able to say, oh, I've got 10 people reporting to me or something. So any, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I would just love to hear your take given your expertise in this domain. I, you know, I think that in some ways, stepping into an arena, whether it's um, it's a, a formalized setting where you have people that report to you, or you show the courage to to raise your hand and share a diverse perspective that maybe isn't popular, but you really feel is important to be shared in in that arena. I I, I think that that is what what. When we talk about principal leadership, it's it's not always the person that's in the front of the bus saying this is what we need to do. Sometimes it's the person in the middle of the bus or the back of the bus that's saying, "Hey, I think we made a wrong turn here, and this is why." And uh, and so I think that people can really think about their day to day behavior and where were some acts of courage, where where were some moments when you really had to step out and say something that got the bus going in a different direction that was, was better for everybody who was on the bus. And, um, and, and so that isn't really just about business. That's, that's about life. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think we're really looking for people who are reflective and thoughtful about the signals they're sending and the impact they're having on other human beings. And, uh, and that, in, in my, my book, is really what leadership is about. Uh, well said. Yeah, and I think I think anyone applying to business school can think to those moments when they've been, you know, courageous or tried to manage up or from within. All these terms we hear. Um, so that's great advice. Uh, I do want to thank both of you for making the time. I know um, it's not always easy to you know get together both a professor and a student or former student. Um, so this is just such a great combination to hear both of your perspectives on what to me just seems like such a unique offering um, at Georgetown McDonough when it comes to leadership training. So um, thank you so much, Evelyn for your time on this, Matt, as well. Just really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. It's great. Thanks for having us, Grant. All right. So stay tuned, everyone. We've got more episodes coming up of the Clear Admit MBA Admissions podcast, and we will see you next time.